strategize together. Let's hear it from an expert. Join the conversation, it's informative and free. You and me, let's talk some strategy. Here's your host, Doreen Morin Van Dam. Hello, everybody. We are live with another episode of Strategy Talks. We're so thankful you're here. If you're here live, put in the comments where you're watching us from. You can either put your hometown or also what platform you're on. We're live streaming to Twitter and YouTube and Facebook as well as LinkedIn. Uh, So welcome. If you're watching this on the replay, put hashtag replay in the comments so we know that you're watching the replay and we can answer your questions. Last but not least, if you're listening to Strategy Talks, as a podcast, we want to make sure that you feel welcome. We are going to talk about the human side of social media strategy. And But before I do and introduce you to today's guest, I want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor. They are Social Insider. They are the intuitive dashboard for social media analytics, reporting, and competitors analysis for brands and agencies. So if you need data, you need Social Insider. So without much further ado, I'm going to welcome to Strategy Talks, Julia Jornsay-Silverberg. And Julia and I, we go back maybe five years or so. We met at uh, Social Media Week Lima in Lima, Ohio. And uh, it's been wonderful to see you at at Social Media Week Lima and Social Media Marketing World. Uh, So I'm very grateful that you're here today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Doreen. I'm always so happy to get to see you. And it was a blast to have you on when I was hosted the live show for Now Marketing Group. So we've gotten to see each other in person and digitally in this kind of format. So it's always just the best to get to talk to you. Absolutely. So for those who don't know Julia, let me just tell you who she is. Uh, Julia Jornsay-Silverberg is a social media enthusiast who loves to excite, inspire, and motivate people and brands to cut through the digital clutter by being authentic and vulnerable online. We're going to talk about those two things. She has a diverse background working in digital marketing for the Buffalo News, the Buffalo Niagara Partnership, Telesco Creative Group, and the Now Marketing Group. As the 2018 recipient of the Emerging Alumni Award granted by the University of Buffalo School of Management Alumni Association, Julie has more than 12 years of experience working in digital marketing. You look way too young to have 12 years (laughs) of experience, Julia. She's known for delivering powerful presentations and programs that leave brands and people feeling excited and empowered. Wow. I have about 12 years of experience, but I'm I'm quite a bit older than you. This is very exciting. When I was reading your bio, I was like, oh, that's awesome. So you and I entered the social media arena about the same time. Yeah, I I honestly have been doing this work for a while now, even when I before I even graduated from grad school, I had opportunities to start social media entities at various internships that I did. And so it has been so cool to see the evolution of social media throughout my career, because what started as like, I remember when Facebook had the like, Julia is 
And then you would write your, you know, there's just been so much evolution with all of these platforms, so many new platforms that have come up and video has dominated the landscape, which, you know, I love so much. So it has just been so cool to be a part of this industry and get to meet amazing people like you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's in a way widened my world, my view of the world, but it's brought the world closer together. I've been, I'm an immigrant and I've been away from my home country for 35 years, but the rise of social media has allowed me to be, have a much closer relationship with those I love back in Europe. So let's talk about authenticity and vulnerability. That's one word that we don't usually use when we talk about online marketing. And it's yeah. usually not a word that we want people <laughs> to maybe even consider. So let's talk about those two words. So I feel like authenticity and vulnerability are really like the two keys to being successful on social media, whether you are just going out and kind of trying to build a personal brand or whether you're a business, because the reality is, is being authentic, being yourself, that's going to be the only way that you can really stand out. It's going to be the only way people get to know you, right? Like if I were just putting on an act and being some way on social media, if people then met me in person, they'd be like, wait, this doesn't really add up. You are not the same. So being authentic on social media and online, it's a great way to just kind of speed up the pace in which someone would get to know you. So then when you do have the chance to meet them in person or dive a little bit deeper in a conversation like this that you and I are having, you're like, oh yeah, the person that I've seen online, the messaging, the energy, the attitude, is very similar to what I'm getting in real life. That helps to build trust. And as we all know, we want to work with people who we trust. The next piece of it, go ahead. No, I was going to say this. So if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, okay, this is the point that you make, Julia, about the online and the offline. It's something that a lot of people miss. They think I can be some, I can finally be something that I'm not really. So I'm going to puff myself up online or make myself be. And then you meet somebody in person. It's such a turnoff when that person is not the same that you think. And it, it happens to celebrities, right? Yeah. So you go and meet somebody and you're like, they're really not very kind or not very nice. or, But those who can grasp the understanding of authenticity, that's really huge. So I love the way you explained that. And if you're watching this and you have an old photo of yourself on LinkedIn or on Facebook, or you're really um, pretending to be one thing and you're not, that's only going to last you so long because that's something that you didn't say, Julia. But yep. that's the part that we know from our experience that you could pretend only so long. Exactly. And I mean, one of the things that I feel like I'm known for online and in person is my big energy. But if all I did was show up online with this kind of energy, and then if you met me on person and you were like, wait, where is that energy that I'm used to seeing and feeling from her? Like you said, it would be really weird. It would be a turnoff and it would be confusing. You'd right. feel a little distrustful. And that is not what we're here to do on social media. And so I think where vulnerability comes in is I fully believe and I have seen firsthand that being vulnerable and sharing not just the perfect pretty moments, but sharing more of the reality of being a human being in this world. It's what I like to call the anti-highlight reel. Sharing a little bit of that anti-highlight reel 
is also what makes you trustworthy and it's what makes you believable. And it's going to be the best way for you to actually create a connection to someone. Because if all I did online was show up and be like, look at my perfect apartment, look at my perfect outfit, look at this, look at this. And all I posted were highlights. I'd probably, number one, be creating a little bit of comparison in my audience. Like I'd be making them feel like a little less than because I'm only showing the pretty and the perfect and I wouldn't be relatable. So there would be no way for people to really relate to me because everyone has tough days hard moments. I literally actually had a tough mental health morning this morning. I was crying, got myself out of it by taking a hot shower, listening to some music and getting ready to show up for this. But I literally posted on my stories a picture of me with my puffy eyes saying, some days you have a tough morning and that's okay. That's human. And I've seen that by doing that on social media, I've created a really close relationship with my audience because they know that when I say I'm doing good, I'm really doing good. And they know that if I show up and say, hey, I'm having a tough day, like they know that that's real too. And that is what allows us to really connect as human beings are those things that we can all relate to, like having bad days. No one can relate to having amazing, you know, six figure months every single month. As you know, I see so much of that on social media. And I don't think those people are creating real relationships. No, they're not, because we all know they're bullshitting. Right? <laughs> let me just say it out loud. Yeah. So let me ask you a question that's come yeah. up once before and in one of my other shows, and I would love to see your take on that. What is the difference between being vulnerable and being straightforward with yourself or something that's happening in your family? How far, where do you draw, I guess, the line of being personal and sharing private things because I think that is something that confuses people. I'm pretty sure where my line is. How do you teach that and how do you set your own boundary in that regard? So that's a great question. And I think that that is something that every single person needs to figure out. What are the specific categories within their life that they feel comfortable sharing because for some people they might decide you know what i'm never going to talk about my romantic relationship or the relationship i have with family and that's a boundary that they've set for me i have made a conscious decision to share a lot of my life and be vulnerable but i really draw the line on when am i bringing my audience a lesson or a problem so I'm super mindful that if I'm going to be vulnerable, I'm going to make sure that there is some message or takeaway or value piece for my audience to have in that vulnerability, right? So I would never show up on, on a story and just be crying and being like, things are so hard. I feel so overwhelmed and just like emotionally dump onto my audience because that would make them feel uncomfortable. It would make them feel worried and concerned for me, but I feel comfortable posting a picture of me with puffy eyes and saying, hey, I had a really hard morning and here's what I did to turn it around for myself so that I'm not leaving my audience with this pain point, but I'm giving them a little bit of a lesson and showing, hey, it's okay to not have a good day. It's okay to cry for an hour in the morning. Here's something that I did to help pull myself out of it. I took a hot shower, I got myself ready, and I got myself into the energy to show up for something that's important for me because I'm not going to allow my emotions to derail me from my desire to show up for the things that matter. And so that's just a small example of 
how I've decided to incorporate vulnerability into my messaging. And something else that I did is I actually called off a wedding and ended a relationship of six and a half years in December 2017. And I had been with that person for six and a half years. So you bet their face had been a lot on my social media. They'd been in my stories. And I shared with my audience that I made that decision, that I called off the wedding, and that it was really hard for me that I was going through a life transition and what I was doing to kind of support myself, pick myself up, and hold myself through that tough time. I did not share any details as to why I called it off. Nothing like that. To me, that would be oversharing. It would be inappropriate. It would be going a little too far. But I let my audience into my world to say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with and this is how I'm getting myself through it. That Those are both great examples of keeping the private private, but sharing. And I love that you said that about that example about the crying. You know, we've seen, especially celebrities, just in the moment when they're so upset make these videos or make these statements. And I love that you said, well, afterwards and make sure there's a lesson. And that's something that I try to teach our children when they were on social media. And I try to teach clients because I've got clients who want to respond to like a bad review. So yeah. one of the things I'll say to them, instead of, instead of going to the reviewer and responding, send it to me, type it out and send it to me and let's talk about it, right? Don't idea. go to Google review or Facebook review and, you know, like dump back at them. That yes. is not the way to do that. So yes. type it up, send it to me or type it up and walk away and get a cup of coffee because yes. in five minutes, you're not going to feel the same way. Exactly. So um, one of the things that happened, and I love this example as well, um, our boys, we have three boys, all played soccer. And one of the um, team managers um, always told, told the parents, you have a 24-hour cooling period because parents know everything better, of course, in soccer. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to, you're going to give me a timestamp. I want to know when it happened. And then I don't want to read anything that's not at least 24 hours later because yeah. you cannot, you need to take your emotions out of it. And that's kind of what you're doing. You probably set yourself an hour or whatever. You need to be on the other side of the crisis yep. before you share. And I, I love that. So, so for those of you who are listening and those of you who are watching, sharing vulnerable and being authentic on social doesn't mean in the moment picking up your phone and just dumping. Yes. It is, that's, not, that's not the right way to do it. So uh, Julia, how, how do you use your social media expertise that you have and to, and to explain this, this authenticity, this vulnerability, how do you translate it into social media marketing, working with brands, working with clients? How do you, how, how do, you do that? Because that's tough. Well, I do a lot of uh, public speaking and I do a lot of consulting work with businesses and I really help them to understand the power of humanity. Because the reality is, is the most effective marketing today is some form of user-generated content. It is some form of a community member who loves a brand, who has been happily buying from a brand, giving the power and the voice to that community member to say, hey, I absolutely love this brand and here's why, or I absolutely love whether it is a like a water bottle tumbler or a microphone or a bread brand, like there are 
people who are fiercely loyal to certain brands. And what I work with businesses to help them understand is who are the people who love your brand, who have been talking about you for months, maybe for years, and how do we start to build a relationship with them and start to make them part of our community so much so that they are talking about us, that they're maybe taking pictures or videos of our product, sending it to us. What do then we do as a business to kind of incentivize that person to keep doing that? How do we make them feel valued? And so I really help businesses to understand that the more that they can incorporate humanity and whether that is customers and or team members, letting those people be front and center in your marketing, that is going to be so much more influential and impactful than if a business who usually has a social entity of a logo, right? If they are just posting and saying, we're the best, we're awesome. There is not a lot of humanity in that. But if you have teammates saying, I love working for this business and here's why, that is going to really impact humans. They're going to listen to that and pay attention to it. And so I just love getting to work with businesses to help them see the bigger picture and help them stop being afraid to show that humanity and start realizing the plethora of opportunities there are to do that in a way that feels comfortable for the business so that they can really start building closer relationships. All right. So I have a follow-up question for that. How do you convince somebody that that's the right thing to do? You said all the right things to me, but I'm going to be playing CEO go, but, but, but they don't know what to say, but, but we need to have control of what's being said. But you know, what if the quality isn't good? What if it doesn't look professional? What if, uh, how much do we need to pay them? How often are we going to talk about, can we approve all the content? All of those questions. What do you say to that? Because that's a tough one. So to, to be honest, like, there are kind of two answers to that. Firstly, the numbers and the stats show it. Ah. And CEOs love the metrics, right? They love that. So you can Google UGC content. You can Google how does user-generated content or human content impact brands? And you will find article after article listing so many stats that show your engagement rate, your clicks, your conversions are all going to be higher when you incorporate humanity into your content. You'll also start to find some of those stats about like the non-highly produced content. The more human the content, so many Facebook ads are moving in the direction of just UGC, someone taking a photo and talking to, or taking like their phone and talking straight to the camera. Not a highly produced thing there. It's not this perfect fancy background, it's relatable. And the relatability is what's moving the needle for a lot of brands and businesses. So firstly, I show them the stats because you can't argue with the numbers. And then what I remind them is for every single thing that you just mentioned, how how much are we going to pay them? How are we going to make sure that they show up well on camera? There is quite literally a solution to all of those things. And if you work with someone who's very organized and who knows how to do this stuff, they will be able to literally provide you with an answer to all of those things. And all of those things are gonna fall into the bucket of fear of looking bad. And so that is why I found that really doing that mindset work with the business, really helping them to understand the big picture, those fears just start get, they start knocking right off. Like you could just start crossing them off the list because they start to really understand, oh, wait, so if someone stumbles over their sentence, that actually isn't gonna look bad. It's actually just gonna show that they're a human being. Oh. Okay, so we don't have to worry about that. Like, there are so many things and it's just fear that they're going to look bad and they have to be shown examples to be like, hey, look at this brand. Look at how well this did. And then it's like, oh, whoa, I did not realize 
we were looking at things with so much tunnel vision, but the world has changed and we are so much more embracing of humanity. The pandemic just let us strip that perfectionism away and be like, let's bring on the real people doing real things, speaking honestly. Yeah, I love that. I've been watching a lot of, um, I've been consuming a lot more content. So I'm following some celebrities my age and I, and I can see them being so authentic. You know, they have their gray hair that because they're not filming, they have beards, they have, you know, like they're out in their shed with their goats and they're producing content and it's real. And it's like, the polished people you see online and whatever series you're watching, um, it's kind of nice to see them be authentic. So I do have another follow-up question on, yeah. on that. Um, so how would you take that? Cause you were, you were mentioning a lot of products, right? So how would you take that to the B2B, um, service industry like if you're you know say you're selling ball bearings or corn to farmers or whatever so that's one question but before we do that let's talk real quick you keep calling it human side of marketing or your user generated content i'm listening to you and i'm going isn't it the same as influencer marketing i want to know from you if that if it is just another way to say it or if there is a distinction and why because i'm kind of like listening like what is it so there is a distinction and the distinction is not in the kind of deliverable or output the distinction is in the creator so user generated content to me means content created by anyone you could have three followers you could not even be on social media You could just be a customer who likes to take photos in your backyard. And that could be user-generated content. So just think any person taking content for a brand to me falls under the bucket of user-generated content. And a lot of times that content isn't even necessarily being posted by the creator who took it. They're sending it to a business and saying, here, here is content that you guys can use on social media. Whereas influencer marketing to me is more the business tapping into the audience and influence that the creator has. So with influence, influencer marketing, the influencer is definitely posting about the brand on their particular page. And it is more about them posting it on their page so that their audience sees it. Maybe they collaborate with the business so that it shows up on both of their pages, but it's less them sending something to the business to say, hey, here's it for you to post. And they're like, hey, I'm going to post it so my audience knows I love you guys. And so it's it's just a little bit different in who is actually doing the posting. With UGC, a lot of times the business is doing the posting. With influencer marketing, a lot of times the influencer is doing the posting. Okay, that's great. I just wanted to, you know, if people are listening, we've talked about influencer marketing on Strategy Talks before. And, um, and I love your take on that. And I, I have seen both. I have worked that- with companies that have done both. I actually have seen a company... Um, embrace both at the same time, which is possible. Yes. Uh, yes. That's a great, that's a great strategy. Yeah. And remind right. me, what was that question? So like, the question is B2B. So oh, sell, yes. try, think about, you know, somebody is listening to this. We, you, you know, it might be a B2B. Maybe you're selling IT software. Maybe yep. you're doing, uh, selling corn to, from far, you know, you're a farming business, you sell corn to a wholesaler, or yep. maybe you're trying to sell coffee to Starbucks, you know, how do you then embrace the human side of B2B, not just products, 
but also services because that's a little a little more tricky. Definitely. Um, so we'll talk kind of about B2B in general, and then I can kind of go into like products yeah. and services. But I think when it comes to B2B, it the reality is, is it's business to business, but you are still dealing with humans because there are people at that business that are going to be making the decision at the end of the day as to whether or not they want to work with your business, right? So let's say you're a manufacturer and you're looking, your customer is not me, but it's like an entire business who would be purchasing from you. I think that still using humanity and showcasing relationships that you have with your partners, with your vendors, still getting people from those respective teams speaking about the process of what it's like to work together. Or maybe there was some kind of issue that they dealt with with a previous vendor and you were able to provide them with a unique solution, getting them to share that story and talk about the ease of working together and or the ways that you've helped them navigate things. That can be hugely effective because then other people in the B2B space might see that and be like, oh, I didn't even know that they are a provider of this. We've actually been looking for a new person to kind of help us with that. So I think the embracing that humanity still works. It just looks a little bit different because it's less having someone be like, I love this thing and more having someone say, I enjoyed the process of this or they helped me with this and that is kind of the same that you would do if you're talking about service-based things than a product right so let's say i wanted to do a little ugc-ish kind of video to talk about you right i would be like okay i saw doreen speak at social media week lima she got me so energized and excited about how much you can save time how much you can improve efficiencies if you adopt the agile mindset and so that would be, it would not be me holding something and being like, this is awesome. But it would be me speaking to Cameron being like, listen, my mind was blown by the potential out there by embracing this mindset that Doreen taught me. And she broke down this and this and this, and it helped me realize these few things. So again, I still think like having that human speak to that experience or process is so impactful. And it's really just a matter of I think thinking outside the box, I think it's so easy for us with products. We're like, oh, we can take a picture. It's so easy to just put that out there. But it's like you can find ways to showcase services visually as well. It just takes a little bit more creativity and thinking outside the box. All right. Let's end. Let's end that with that last question. So how? So now we know how to convince somebody. Yep. We get started. So now you are working with, say, a B2B company and you want to get this kind of content, where do you even start? Do you go to the sales team? Like, how do you get people to create it? Do you go and create it? Do you send them a script? Because this is the how-to that we all, if you're watching and if you're listening, we all want to know this. Julia, yes. if you can tell us how to do this, this is worth gold. I mean, yes. this, is, this is the hardest thing to get somebody to do. They all go, yeah, great idea. But how? How do we so do this? I think one of the first things is you need to have, and honestly, Doreen, when you talk about like being agile, this, this is where actually agility comes in is because you need to have a team that everyone is kind of like, they have their ears perked for any opportunity to kind of gather some of that testimonial data. So the perfect thing, if you're in the B2B space and you are working with a vendor, you just sent them something, they respond, thank you so much, this was so helpful. Any, any time you get a thank you, this was awesome. That is your open door to be like, hey, 
would you mind mm -hmm. possibly making a little video for us and speaking to that? We would love to showcase you on our social media. That letting people know you want to showcase them on your brand social media, it's going to make them feel good. They're going to feel excited. They're going to feel important. And as a team, you then have a bunch of people who are constantly ready, like, oh, that person said that they had a great experience. That person said, maybe you empower your team to reach out directly since they're the people with those relationships. Maybe you have someone on your team who is dedicated to doing outreach and you just put together a list of these are the people who we've heard great feedback from. Or you talk to your sales team and you're like, okay, we just got seven really big orders from these clients. Let's make sure we first follow up, ask them how things are going, how they're feeling. And in that conversation, if they say they're really happy, things are going well, we then say, hey, would you be willing to record a little testimonial? Would you be willing to send us a quote that we could turn into a graphic? There are so many different ways that kind of vary in how much effort you're going to have to put into gathering this stuff. But just starting to create that agility in your team to start spotting those opportunities and giving them the the tools and like the empowerment to be like, yeah, do that. Gather those things. That's what we've been doing for a client of mine. And we've been getting so many more testimonials because rather than having one person on the team ask for them, we've got four people who are ready to ask whenever the situation presents itself organically through conversation. I love that. And I love the word empowerment. I believe that if you don't empower your team to make these kind of decisions or to do this, you're keeping back their creativity. So we talked about that in Agile, right? Yep. Um, absolutely empower them. And that means they might make a mistake here and there, but also means they might come up with some incredible ideas. Exactly. And so I, I love that this has been a very enlightening conversation and human to human. Julia, I just want to thank you for showing up real and authentic today and sharing all that you know. I absolutely love the insights. I love the, the strategy that you brought for getting this kind of content out. So let people know how they can connect with you. If they're looking for a consultant or they're looking for a team to work with, or they just want to get to know you because you are awesome. Uh, <laughs> where can they meet you online? Thank you so much, Doreen. So I'm a video girl, so you can find me. The places that I hang out most online are Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You can find me there at jbethjs, but also as a social media geek, I made sure to get jbethjs anywhere. So if you're a Facebook person, if you are a Twitter person or X, you can find me at jbethjs at any of the social platforms. And I would love to connect with you and love to help you figure out what it looks like to really embrace humanity for your business and start to incorporate a little bit more strategic app, like really apply more strategy into how you're going about kind of adding that humanity. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much. I want to say thank you to all of you who made it all the way to the end here. If you're listening to the podcast, you know we'll be back next week with another episode. If you're watching this live, you know I'll be back next week with another mm -hmm. episode. So thank you so much to everybody for being here. And Julia, wonderful, wonderful to talk to you as always. And uh, I will see you soon. Bye, yes. everybody.